Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association of North America's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association of North America or the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Clay Nully with TSAOG Orthopedics in San Antonio. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Andreas Gamal. Dr. Gamal is an associate professor of orthopedic surgery at Hospital for Special Surgery and was an author on a paper entitled Open Meniscal Allograft Transplantation with Transosseous Suture Fixation of the Meniscal Body Significantly Decreases Meniscal Extrusion Rate Compared with Arthroscopic Technique. This was published in the June 2019 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal. Dr. Gamal, thank you for joining me. Hey, how are you? Clay, um, this uh, article tries to address um, a substantial problem that we see in meniscus allograft transplantation, and that problem is um, post-operative extrusion of the meniscus that we frequently see, um, in fact, more often than not see on post-operative MRI scans. Now, there's been a little bit of a discussion if that is clinically relevant or not, um, given that there were some studies, smaller studies, that didn't really see much of a clinical difference in outcomes between patients with and without extrusion. But uh, I think everything that we've learned looking at meniscus extrusion in patients with, for example, posterior root tears shows that extrusion probably does matter. Um, just biomechanically, the uh, load transmission is, is not as good in a meniscus that's extruded than in one that isn't. So I think overall the gist is we should try and minimize extrusion if we can. Um, this particular paper compared um, meniscus transplants that I did with those that my um, uh, my partner Tom Minus had done, and I had just always used the arthroscopic technique. He had used an open technique, and the main difference between the two is that for the open technique, as he um, he closes the capsule, he fixes the meniscus to the capsule, and then both meniscus and capsule to the edge of the tibial plateau. So these are transosseous sutures, usually around four um, sutures along the body of the meniscus. And uh, with an arthroscopic technique, we can't do that. We um, fix our horns, our roots, um, either transosseous or, in my case, I used the bridge and slot technique. Uh, but then essentially we fix it just like a bucket handle term. So there's no fixation of the meniscus body to the bone. Um, obviously, we don't want to go back to the days of just wide open meniscus transplantation, but there are interesting new concepts of how we can still get transosseous fixation with an arthroscopic technique by using suture anchors, for example. Yeah, I found this. I found the study really interesting, especially uh, given that it was lateral meniscus. Um, you know, inherently, we all know the lateral meniscus is. Uh, just at baseline a little bit more mobile than the medial meniscus. And so I think it, it, at least I find it somewhat difficult with lateral meniscus to find that balance of having appropriate fixation and strong fixation to try and prevent that meniscal extrusion, but then also not over constraining the meniscus where it just becomes this, you know, solid block of tissue adhered down to the tibia in the lateral compartment of the knee. How do you, how do you think, how do you balance that? Or how do you, how do, how do you approach that to try and find that balance? Yeah, that's a good point. So for medial meniscus, that's easier. The, the medial meniscus is just pretty solidly fixed and doesn't move right. very much relative to the tibia. Right. On the lateral side, I mean, the posterior horn has um, huge motion, so you definitely don't want to fix that down back to bone. Um, it's more the, the central body 
that's the question. And there's not that much mobility um, in the central body. So I think getting maybe one or two anchor points might be helpful. But you know, people are looking into that, us included in, in biomechanical models, because, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's this Goldilocks where on the one hand, you don't want extrusion, but on the other hand, you don't want to capture the lateral compartment because ultimately, and then you might inadvertently increase stresses on the meniscus and uh, potentially even lead to more meniscus tears of the transplant. So did these did the results of this study surprise you? And you mentioned that historically you've done primarily uh, arthroscopic. And so part two of the question is, have, have the results of this study changed your clinical practice personally at all? Have you have you gone more to more open technique or have you gone to more um, transosseous fixation or suture anchor fixation as a result of this study? So the, the two things is, one, I was used to oversize the meniscus a little bit um, because there's always been this philosophy that if the meniscus is a little bit bigger, you could adjust. It's hard to do in a bridge and slot, but if you do bone plugs, you could adjust tension a little bit, um, even though the, the difficulty is how do you judge that intraoperatively. Um, but if the meniscus is too small, then you might increase the contact stresses so much that the meniscus might tear. Your fixation might fail. So there's always been this, hey, a little bit bigger is probably safer than a little bit too small. But the problem is then you have more extrusion. So I, I've started to not oversize. So that's number one. And number two, on the medial side, there I use um, suture anchors along the meniscal rim. So essentially, doing a transosseous equivalent fixation. On the lateral side, I haven't done that yet because of this concern with capturing the meniscus. So I want to do some biomechanical studies first before I bring that to the clinic. Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, just from a technique standpoint, do you uh, do bridge and slot strictly for the lateral and then bone plugs for the medial, or do you, um, do you use each for both? Or what is your typical kind of go-to for each side? Overall, I like the bridge and slot technique. Um, it maintains the relationship between anterior and posterior horns, which, sorry, roots, which, especially in the lateral meniscus, they're pretty close together. Um, and you can get by the ACL without um, compromising the ACL footprint. So for the lateral side, bridge and slot is definitely my go-to. And it's also pretty solid fixation, so I let patients start to weight bear after three or four weeks. While um, medial side, I use bone plugs. I keep them non-weight bearing for six weeks because that's more equivalent to a, a root repair uh, in my eyes. And I, I rely on long sutures and that needs a little bit more protection. Absolutely. So in this study, um, they mentioned in the um, transosseous uh, method, they use typically about five to six meniscocapsular inside-out sutures. Is that typically the amount um, that you kind of uh, go on? I know it's certainly variable based on patient size and, and meniscus size, but, you know, historically, it seemed like we, all, we always used to think more more is better, and, and if one is good, two is good, and use 10 or 12, or some people even use more inside-out sutures, and then right. there's a lot of holes in the meniscus, and now, now I think we've decreased that quite a bit, and most of us uh, try to minimize the amount of particularly holes in the meniscus and inside-out sutures, so kind of take take us through your approach to that concept in general and then kind of how you typically do it for both either the medial or lateral. 
Yeah, so this has evolved over time a little bit too. <clears throat> and I agree that turning the meniscus into just a suture ball is probably not helpful. Uh, given that mainly they are non-resorbable sutures, and you also don't want to put too many holes in the meniscus. Um, so just for logistical ease of use purposes, usually between the posterior root attachment and the popliteus, so just posterior horn itself, I use generally a two fast fix. Um, you want to make sure that you aim them right because you don't really want to um, aim them at the neurovascular bundle. So I usually go through my transpatella incision and I put them pretty much midway between the popliteus hiatus and the root, so at least a centimeter away from the root and that's generally safe. That gives pretty good fixation back there. And then starting just lateral to the popliteus, I um, place inside-out sutures with the long double-armed needles and um, depending on the size of the patient meniscus, but it, it's usually around four, I would say. Um, and then all the way anterior for the anterior horn, the um, the fat pad is really well vascularized. I've never really seen any healing issues there at all. So I just put one suture that's an outside in going in with two spinal needles and shuttling a zero PDS a resolvable suture there. And I haven't really seen any problems with the uh, the anterior meniscus. That's great. So typically kind of sounds like maybe roughly six to seven or eight or so total, generally speaking. Yeah. That's that's great. Those are some great technique pearls. So te- you mentioned it a little bit. Um, I wanted to look at it in some biomechanical studies without giving too much information away, but can you kind of um, share with us maybe some of the, some of the work that you and, and your partners um, and your group are doing in, in this realm? Are you guys looking at um, using suture anchors for some of this type of fixation? Are you looking more uh, more in the biomechanical portion in the lab at some more of these different types of transosseous fixation? Kind of tell us uh, some of the stuff. Where is it, where is some of this uh, research headed in the future? Yeah, pretty much suture anchor fixation and just looking at differences between medial and lateral meniscus, how we capture the meniscus, um, what the stresses are in the meniscus, and uh, if that changes the kinematics of uh, femur relative to the tibia. Absolutely. Um, and then just generally speaking, um, have you have you gone uh, to doing some more of these type of uh, open procedures in this way, or do you think we'll be able, if we incorporate the, the suture anchor fixation, we can manage to do some of that arthroscopic or even, you know, mini open? Um, or do you think that if we do some more of these types of things and the biomechanics show that they're really advantageous, that uh, that people would start shifting back a little bit to doing a little bit more open or mini open type of transplants? Yeah, I mean, that's it's this age-old discussion. It's just because we could uh, do something arthroscopically doesn't mean we should. Right. Um, <clears throat> it, I think for for things like uh, OCD repair in the knee, I have gone back to doing the mini open. Not in all cases, but my threshold has become much lower because oftentimes I feel I can do a much better job doing it open in terms of debridement and cleaning out all the, the scar in between. And I think at the end of the day, what matters most is the clinical outcomes. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to make a foot-long incision, but where I've shifted for sure is combinations of cartilage repair and meniscus transplants, where before I would do the meniscus arthroscopically and then I would make a mini-open into my osteoclonal allograft or, or a Macy. And now I just do that as an open procedure. 
and the incision is still not incredibly big, <laughs> I would say. You can get away with something like the order of 10, 12 centimeters. Um, and I'm pretty happy with those outcomes. And it also actually makes it a little bit faster, which is better for the patient in the end too. But isolated meniscus transplants, I still do arthroscopically. Okay. That's terrific. Well, thank you so much for sharing your, your thoughts with us today, Dr. Gamal. Dr. Gamal's article, Open Meniscal Allograft Transplantation with Transosseous Suture Fixation of the Meniscal Body Significantly Decreases Meniscal Extrusion Rate Compared with Arthroscopic Technique can be found in the June 2019 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal or online at www.arthroscopyjournal.org. Dr. Gamal, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. This concludes this edition of the Arthroscopy Journal podcast. Please join us next time.